Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, Internet. I'm Firebolt. And I'm the Orbiter. And welcome to Breaking Bollocks, Episode 5. 5? Jesus. Is it episode five? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, must be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one we will be talking about Brexit. But before we get started, I just want to get a couple of things on my mind out of the way Ooh. before they dissipate, like... Look out, Donald Trump. That That's not the analogy I was looking for, but... Okay, I, I can't think of an analogy, but it will disappear probably in the coming weeks. So, wanted to bring up uh, the recent shooting uh, at a school in America. Obviously, a terrible tragedy, but I just get so angry at America because the rest of the world makes sense, but then they just scream and eat Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the world doesn't make sense, but the, the, this is a specific issue. It makes more sense. Yes, like, in some ways. Just if you took any other country and was like, they have strict laws on gun control. I saw a list today on Twitter where it looked, oh, here's uh, a bunch of countries that are considered to be sort of Western. The UK had zero sh- mass shootings since 2000. Since Dunblane. That was I the don't... last one. And, and they banned handguns after that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had one since. In Australia, they had one mass shooting... A while back, I don't know specifically when, and I can't be bothered to research it. Uh, and then they went, let's put gun controls and everything. Guess what? They've had no mass shooting since. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to be insulting to Americans um, <laughs> any more than is necessary. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, I, I often wonder in some ways um, how the rest of the world view your own country from the outside. I mean, yeah. the, the, that that was actually the a follow-on thought from the. What I was going to say was, you do do you realise that the most of the world just see you as a cowboy western, kind of gone a bit like on too long. Yeah, <laughs> it's not meant as an insult. <laughs> it probably is, but but that that's like, interesting though because yeehaw, I, I wonder how people see the UK guns and Bibles from. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, a friend of mine used to live in America for a little while. I think Philadelphia, he said. And we we often uh, discuss with him the whole kind of view of, of America as being so devoutly kind of religious and the gun things as well. But from his experience, he, he says that when you actually live there, it, it's not as much like that as it seems to be from the outside. I, I think, think it's quite polarized. That's because Philadelphia's in the northwest of America. Yeah, yeah and that's it's not one a... of the more secular areas of yeah. America. Mm. If you go further south, you probably would see. We we got to be careful. A lot more because we're encroaching on 
different topic subjects that we're going to be <laughs> discussing. Yes, in. but I thought thought this was important. Yeah. And just these are kids getting killed. It's so simple. Why? It's not like a total ban on guns because I don't think many places actually think that's a good idea. Because there are exceptions where it's like, well, farmers need to be able to protect their crops from predators, and you could make a certain case for defense, but it's not very strong in my opinion. And I think in most countries there's a sort of give us a valid reason rather than just i'm i also think it's a bit sad i mean like i would imagine that one of the main arguments um that the gun lobby present is about having um self-protection um on you at all times and be able to defend yourself but to me that's that's actually quite sad because you know, if you if you feel that you need a deadly weapon with you to feel safe, you don't seem to understand what, that what kind the of reason that they, you protect the reason that that society exists is because people have so much access to these weapons. Yeah, I mean, we have a a, a certain amount of knife problems in the UK, don't we? It's Certainly not it's not as much as America. You can't no. go on mass stabbings because you'll get stopped fairly yeah, yeah. quickly. Yeah. Mm. An assault rifle is much more effective at killing than a knife. Yeah. And a knife has other purposes other than killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also find that really... My, my, my point is, though, that those... those It's the people that do the killing. Yeah. It's the tools that they've got that enable them to I find make it, it far really more really funny how um, some Americans are like, oh, well, you have problems with terrorists using trucks to do mass killings. And then I'm like... Yeah, but you still have licenses to be able to drive a truck. You don't, in America, have a license to own a gun, which is so backwards. I mean, it varies from state to state, but um, that's another confusing thing. Anyway, enough about that, because I think we've been rambling on about this (laughs) enough, and I just wanted to get that out of my system. Uh, You're feeling slightly off (laughs) now. (laughs) Now on to Brexit. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, um, <laughs> this might cause some controversy. Within. Yeah, Do you I, have many friends that are Brexiteers? I don't have any friends that are Brexiteers. Good. I have some family members. Uh, as do you. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Um, I, w- I would yeah. like to... Uh, I would this- like to... to- try to approach this in a balanced way and consider the different sides of because there's been so much um vitriol on both sides i think of the debate that yeah um the a, a little bit of truth is necessary sometimes that's that's not as easy as it seems either is it we will try and research as much as the things that we say as possible. But. Which reminds me, I forgot to look it up before we started, but there was a, an article that, um, that that I read in the Independent Online. A uh, guy who's a, a leader of a of a student campaign group that are, that would very much like to uh, stop Brexit altogether, um, and he was being interviewed on Sky. Um, on a Sky Politics program, we'll put the link in the description. Uh, his name is Femi Oluwol. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but he's basically talking about the uh, promising to deliver the the will of the people for the under 55 population. And I think one of the 
one of the uh, interesting comments that that he's made, uh, aside from everything else, I mean, he makes some very valid comments about the the chaos of the whole situation um, as things stand at the moment, but also points out that already, statistically, when you look at all the statistical evidence for the uh, the generational groups that voted in different ways generally, already enough of that population has died or joined the electorate to sway the vote the other way so you know he's basically saying that in in five years time are we going to have sorted all this stuff out when it's going to be even more the other way you know well that reminds me i i think this was in the independent i did see an article uh that split the whole brexit debate into six camps three on the leave side and three on the Remains. I, I'll try and pull up that article just so that I have. I do the think the media. I do think the media have uh, deliberately manipulated the whole situation to be divisive. I mean, having said that about the uh, the statistics of the different generation groups, they're just statistics. You know, there's no need for hurling oh, mud at each other. It's actually five camps, apparently. And that, and that thing about the statistics of the different age groups that that doesn't even take into account anyone who may have changed their minds. Hang on. Based on what's happened since. Hang on. No, that was a different article. Six Tribes of Brexit. It wasn't the Independent. It was Financial Times. And it actually details uh, the age that the people in these camps would be, what political parties they support, and uh, their education level. Where do we get the... Just as a, a matter of interest, where do where do we get this information from? Because I think, as quite rightly some people have pointed out, this whole thing about the generational divide, where's the evidence for that? Because there's no kind of... You don't say how old you are on the on the polling form. Hang on. Ipsos Mori. A survey yeah. of 4,000 voters. I assume they asked for their age in yeah. that survey. So the, the, these statistics obviously are made from surveys, which a referendum is. Okay, so the valid. main camps on the Leave side that they identified was uh, British values leavers, the sort of people that are like, oh, we want to take our country back and... Take it back where? Yeah, <laughs> most of, and like stop immigration because they're taking all our jobs. And then it's like, but most of these people live in the countryside where immigration's effect is minimal. And so they're just being... They're probably old people that are just like, well, the country used to be better when we had yeah, polio. Quite, quite often the language, when you look at the language that's being used, it, it, it becomes worrying because people don't tend to realise what they're saying when they say it. It's like, literally, you want to take your country back. Yeah. Why, why would you want to take your country back? Why, why not take it forward? Unsurprisingly, in my opinion, the Remain voters tend to be graduates of... I'd assume college or university, and more of the Leave voters left school at 16, which is an interesting fact just to see. And uh, it would be a easy, lot more of the. Um, but it, it would be easy for anyone who who is in the camp of Leave voters who left, well, who either left at 16 or was a graduate, to interpret that. The, the stating of that statistic as some kind of um, intellectual elitism. It's, I think that's what I'm keen to avoid is is the antagonism and the antagonism that's been prevalent is 
Well, you know, I I completely disagree with the Leave voters, but I don't think it. Um, I think education I think it's does important. play a role in it. Yeah, um, and I think it's probably important if to you acknowledge can, <laughs> that, that that's if you're the, case. the sort of person that's more engaged in these sorts of things. Yeah, basically, you, if you're not a graduate, you're probably more. If you're more interested in the world, you're probably more educated about it. Yeah, basically, nobody's saying that if you're not a graduate or or you're a leave voter that that you're thick. You know, your your opinion matters, but the fact is. People who have more education about these situations vote in a particular way, and it's yeah. a bit like that Michael Gove thing. It's not He's to such do a with fucking twat. Um, We've had enough of the experts. It's like, no, you know, you don't get fucking Joe Bloggs off the street to build you a car because we've had enough of the expert car manufacturers, do you? It's not really to do with intelligence. It's more to do with um, how informed you are. That's another interesting thing as well. I I saw uh, an interesting. Um, one of these Facebook meme things, but it basically it split the different generations, like Generation X, Generation Z, um, the baby boomers, and all that, and it gave uh, like a pro and a con for each generation. And the one thing that I did notice about the which is the latest one, Generation latest. Z, that's you, isn't it? Yeah, that would be me. I'm not sure because uh, born post and there's post millennium and sort it? of another generation coming along. I'm not sure because um. I have a niece, and that would be your granddaughter. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what generation she would be a part of. The uh, but but the don't the, think it's been named. Yet. The point was that Generation Z are apparently um, more politically informed um, than any yes. than any generation of children have been, and it's simply because of the the connectivity, the online presence all the time. Although, if I look at most people at school that aren't part of my friend group, you you could have reached different conclusions, but but I knew I knew sod all about what was going on with politics I when I was your age. You know, I mean, it was, but basically, you, your exposure to it was the six o'clock or the nine o'clock news at home, and you tended to avoid that because that was what your mum or dad watched, and you know, mm. you wanted to put the crystal maze on instead or something. So, <laughs> I think uh, probably seventy five percent of the TV that I watch is. Uh, to do with news, it's like um, satirical it's looks a good at thing. news. It's a good thing, and I tend to, like you said, uh, looking at an outsider's view of a country is I find to be quite useful because then you get a more impartial look at it. I suppose not impartial, but um, unaffected by having well, grown up there. It's certainly been an eye-opener for me to see England from the outside for the last 16 years. Mm. Take that as you will, England. I'm I'm English. Uh-huh, but you're now living in Scotland, so... I am, yeah, and intend to continue doing so because... Okay, the next uh, cla- uh, sort of camp of leavers are working-class leavers, the sort of people who genuinely can't find a job, and because the news are saying it's all the immigrants' fault, they believe that because there's not really another alternative. And to be honest, I feel like these people are dealt a bad hand, so they, it's kind of understandable that they would be thinking that a change is necessary and just be quite desperate for that. So I actually feel quite sorry for this camp of leavers, uh, despite the fact that they're wrong in their reasons. 
if that made sense. Uh, yeah, in your opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and mine too, I have to say. But, you know, I understand there's a lot of suffering and stuff, um, but there's going to be a whole shitload more, sorry. Mm. Uh, by the looks of it, a lot more of the Remainers on this chart live in cities, which is quite interesting because the effect of... You left out an important word there, though. Used to life in multicultural cities. And cities are generally more multicultural, so then people there, while there are... It's interesting to see because you would think, well, if um, a place is multicultural, then that's going to mean that more people who are affected by that would occur but but they're more used to a lot more of leavers live in rural areas and and they ex- don't get affected by immigration that much mm. despite thinking that it has a negative impact so where are they getting that impression from um i would assume the news yeah i would say certain certain news outlets should we say yeah there are certain newspapers who profit from the division of society um right uh the last camp of leavers are basically people who have uh, they're called moderate leavers basically people who think the eu is flawed and that's why we should leave to me they're the most sensible of the leavers it's a bit defeatist though to me yeah <laughs> it's like i mean it's like, we should Let, probably work on fixing it before... Yeah, and sending Nigel going. Farage in is probably not the best way to do that. No, that's <laughs> just going to piss off everyone and make it a mess, to be honest. But, you know, won't elect him for our own parliament, but we'll elect it for the thing that he hates the most. Uh, yeah, somebody explain that to me. Yeah, please bizarre. Comment and explain <laughs> the why the funniest thing he was about even there. Is that now that he's done this... He's pretty much out of a job. I know I know why he was there. And now he's... Whoever put him there knew that... Because this is to do with how other countries see the UK, isn't it? Mm. Whoever put him there knew that the rest of Europe would hate Britain so much because he was the face of Britain to them in European Parliament that by the time we decided to leave, they'd be ready to say goodbye. Be like, well, yeah, we don't want Nigel Farage in here, just fuck off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... <laughs> Nigel Farage is enough to repulse uh, the rest of Europe from the UK. I mean, yeah, he is pretty repulsive to me. But if you're looking at the pros and cons of the the UK being in the EU to the EU, you've got all the money that they give and then you've got Nigel Farage. I think all the money outweighs that. He doesn't strike me as the kind of person you could have a reasonable conversation with about an issue on which you disagree. No. And <laughs> that, on that's any, a worry. I, I think I've, he can change the subject to immigration no matter what, I think. Mm. <laughs> it's like, do you want to talk about education? He's like that annoying... Uh, yeah, we need to stop foreign people being there. Do you want to talk about healthcare? We need to stop foreign people being... He's like that annoying uncle that you just try to pretend isn't at the family <laughs> yeah. wedding. It's all right, we're not going to have to see him for another few years. Mm. Right. I'd apologise if I thought you were watching, and if I th- meant it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He probably won't watch this. Probably doesn't know what YouTube is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry if that's you. 
Um, Liar. I don't even know who this person is, and we won't name names. Uh, on to the Remainers, this weird uncle that you're talking about. Oh, I'm talking about Nigel Farage. Oh, right. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> that got a bit confusing. Sorry. I thought you were talking about someone that's a genuine uncle, but okay. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you that that got weird. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so the first camp of the Remainers were disengaged Remainers. Um, by the looks of it, they just weren't really motivated to leave. It's like, well, things are all right. They're not going to get better if we leave just stay as it is, pretty much. It's probably just sort of meh. It's a big faff to change it, so don't do it. Uh, a lot, the other two camps of Remainers, I think, are a lot more um, active in their political engagement. Uh, so you've got some younger urban Remainers who are very politically engaged and. Prob- what? I just had a really nice thought. That guy that I was talking about that did the, cam- the campaign, the student group, about mo- uh, mobilising under 55s to, to you know, reverse the decision. Um, I just realised I'm, I'm in that group. That makes are me... You? Yeah, I'm, I'm under 55. Oh. So I, <laughs> I got, thought I... you meant, like, um, I'm in the student campaign. I'm like, no. how, how do you realise that you've just committed to that? <laughs> No, I've just realised that I'm in with I'm I'm lumped in with the same section of the population as you in that situation. Great. <laughs> I mean, I'm not actually able but to vote. But the things so no, but the things that annoy me are stuff like when I go on holiday. I don't think that actually counts because I'm not actually able to vote. So, <laughs> I mean, the practical things apart from the value of the pound. When I go on holiday, I'm not going to get free minute free texts and free data anymore. That's a weird thing, actually. Is that what, do you remember when we no. went to Turkey last yeah. year? And we had but, a day trip out to Rhodes, and suddenly for that day, we had free online access data and whatever oh, on our that phones. Was nice. That was nice. And then when we came back to Turkey, we had to disable the data on the phone. Yeah. And we were like, don't, res- and I know don't to, answer calls whilst you're out and about. Just to, don't. To a lot of people, and this is a generational thing, it's just by its very nature, that that may be a case of, well, you know, you're on holiday, you should just put your bloody phone away and like enjoy yourself and, and not be needing to be hooked on being... But it's like, yeah, but you come from a different world. Literally, you come from a different world. Um, people who are who are young nowadays have always been connected to the internet it's a collective not intelligence but it's a collective resource Mm. and to me it's not a question of you should just put your phone away it's a case of you should have the choice if you want to turn it off while you're on holiday that's up to you but you should have the choice if they're useful for information like if you're like how likely am i to die of heat exhaustion whilst outside it's 42 degrees Put all the sun cream on. Not to mention That's the fact useful. that internet access is now listed as a basic human right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I can't remember if it's the uh, in- it's an international human rights organisation or or if it was an EU thing. I think it was a, wor- a global thing that is I officially have... recognised as a basic human right. In- For access to the internet. bizarre reasons, recently read over the UN Declaration of Human Rights. I don't think that was in there. It might be a different thing, though. Look it up. I, I'm still on this article. Yeah, I know, but I'll need to put but that in. I wanted to say, 
It's a weird thing. I was wondering if the reason that my generation is more politically engaged is because we can't vote. It's like, you don't have this thing. You don't have the ability to be actually politically engaged. Which is ironic because a lot of teenagers, I would trust more with the vote than a lot of people who grew up with no interest or no exposure to politics. But you know, (laughs) that's, that's democracy for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but th- that's the thing. It's not. This referendum thing isn't what democracy has evolved to be. Then you have be. to go... Democracy has checks and balances. Yeah. And this referendum didn't pass any of them. Were 16-year-olds allowed to vote in the regular referendum? I can't remember. Because <laughs> I think... Uh, I, 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 I don't do think remember a campaign on that, and I don't think it got through, so... Uh, that's quite possibly why it went that way, because the younger people weren't actually allowed to vote. I kind of understand the logic behind people that that are, you know, sort of fed up with the people that are fighting against it by the leavers, who are basically the argument is, you know, we won the vote, let's just get on with it. But... I'm like, well, it's, it's a not, very complex... You have to put yourself in the position of the other side in this situation. Yeah. This is an issue which is drastically going to affect a whole population's lives and with for multiple reasons and there was a very small majority I mean you know the government can't get through in and under normal circumstances can't get through far less important things in parliament with bigger majorities than that I'm actually going to look this up quickly uh, it was basically uh, how much of a hit a no-deal situation would be to the British economy. Let's see if that's on here at all. Ah, yeah. Right, so The Guardian's saying a no-deal bro- Brexit would cost the EU £100 billion and it would cost the uh, the independents saying it would cost the United Kingdom £252 billion, which is a lot of money. No, no. Uh, That's a no deal situation. Yeah, n- none of the scenarios win in the short term. And uh, to be honest, that's all you can really see but it being. Then the other option, if we don't go into a no deal situation, is that we're pretty much in the same position we were before, having to follow EU laws for trade reasons and not actually having a say in the European Parliament. It's really difficult not to get emotively involved in this you know i mean i'm sat here thinking i just fucking hate the tories yeah. <laughs> and that that's not very constructive not not a good way to build an argument <laughs> and i think it's a good start <laughs> well you see the thing is i'm not so sure you know how politics works i'm not so sure it wasn't all kind of engineered you know okay. whether or not mcintosh cameron what did I say? Cameron Macintosh. No, um, James, the, not James Cameron. Who the fuck's you're David very, Cameron? <laughs> very tired today. And I was up editing till half past seven this morning. Sorry. <laughs> David Cameron, yeah. I wonder if he, he just knew before it all happened that he was going to be the scapegoat. And I don't think he <laughs> expected people to actually vote for it. And so it was like just... <laughs> and like... Yeah, let's just tiptoe out of this so that I don't have to deal with that shitload. And then I don't you, blame him. Like <laughs> he left so that because he was like, "Well, we shouldn't have a Remainer 
dealing with Brexit. And then Theresa May got into it. I, do you know what was I was a Remainer originally? You know when he came out and gave that retirement speech. Yeah. At, at I just wish he'd come out and just looked at the camera and gone, seriously, just what the fuck, dudes? You're on your own. Fed up. Bye. <laughs> I mean, like Cameron's a twat, but I think Theresa May's just Fast. worse. <laughs> just, just much worse. I mean, she was dealt a shitty hand, but yeah, much worse in my opinion. Mm. I come. We're from now getting. We're I... now getting a, a into a debate about which Tory is the worst. <laughs> uh, I lived in an area which is primarily conservative. Actually, our long consti- time. the constituency we live in is actually conservative right now. It is now, yeah. It's annoying. <laughs> now you're. It actually makes me want to vote SNP next time. <laughs> just, yeah. just to get them out. Anyway. And the SNP are quite progressive. Okay, I'm going to get on to the final camp in this article that I've been yammering on about for most of this. Do it. Uh, which is uh, an older camp of liberals. Uh, who are most likely to be Liberal Democrats from uh, this graphic here. Unsurprisingly, uh, the Remainers are much more likely to vote Labour. Yeah. Ah, and uh, there's a graph here that's basically showing which each of the camps, what party they're wanting to vote for, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's interesting to see that a fair bit of Labour's support comes from working class leavers who are the ones that were just like, I'm unemployed, I need a job, I'm desperate. And that's probably that's why scary Labour's taking quite a, a It's not surprising, but non aggressive stance on it, I think. They're just going I mean looking at that looking at those charts there, it's yeah. basically it's a right wing versus left wing thing, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much. There's practically no like there's a tiny percentage in the British values levers for anything that isn't what Tory the hell or UKIP. Are British values uh, conquering half the world. <laughs> what the hell are British values? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like queuing. Is it queuing? Yeah, cups of tea. Yeah, I mean that they're Indian, but okay. <laughs> Pretty much yeah, everything. But, but they were British when we. Occupied They're British in, if we take it. When we occupied India. <laughs> Pretty much. This is getting into a depressing discussion about empire. Yeah, look at the history books and tell me that that British history is something that you're proud of. There are generally people that want to reinstate the British Empire, and I just don't understand why? how they think. Explain to me why. I don't know. Like, is it not a feeling of just to get superiority? Along like I'm the center of the world and America's not. But yeah, but just that, just that, that need to be the center of the world means that you're people, not superior. People want to be <laughs> uh, feel important, and I don't know. Hang on, I'll check at the top. But of the way the way to do that is not to make other people less important. Yeah, the older liberal Romanians, I think, are. A lot more middle class, hence why they live in the southeast. Yeah, they have uh, because they are fairly middle class. With the education they get from being middle class, they just don't really understand why you would want to vote leave. Because the other thing, I mean, all these sort of you know the the 
the laws coming down from Brussels and stuff like that. When you look into them, a lot of them are actually, by the time they get through British Parliament, have actually been made more stringent than the European version. Britain tends to be more like mm. severe with these kinds of things. We we add stuff to it, and now this is interesting to see. It's a basically a graph of the socioeconomic status of each of the camps, and to be honest, they seem like I'm not sure which one needs more middle class. Actually, I think the Romanians are actually more middle class, which is interesting to see. Mm, not bad. Uh, they're aren't they? quite similar, I think. But um, to be honest, there's actually not much difference, so I don't know why I brought it up. <laughs> anyway, enough about that article because mm. I think we've been going on about it long enough. Immigration. Let's do a rundown of all the issues. Is basically what I'm saying. Uh, so immigration is probably the most forefront at most of the Leave voters' minds. Okay, and what is it about immigration that? Um that leave voters object to? I just think that they see... They want something to point blame at for why everything's going tips up. They want someone to blame, basically. It feels like um, there's an expectation that... Uh, okay, there are probably realists who, who think that it will take a long time to get to this point, but that, that it is some kind of magic wand. You know, one of my concerns is the understuffing of the national health service mm. you know because we have a skills shortage here and um it may well be that over a long period of time it would encourage the skills to be developed here but have you seen our education system mm. you know that is um actually something quite interesting that i was talking to mum about today is um the amount of research that is funded by the eu and that's yeah, likely gonna because when i leave home and go to uni i'm probably going to be doing a lot of research in science uh, physics particularly which means it, the relationship with CERN and uk universities would be uncertain at the moment so i suppose the conservative I real, way just realized how much it might affect me how the deal actually goes i suppose the conservative um solution to that would be to have research funded by private organizations wouldn't it by companies and no because then it's going to get sponsored exactly that that would Which be the capitalist way what happens a disturbing amount of time with research it gets sponsored by companies and then the results get skewed to make the companies happy well exactly it's not actually the results that get skewed. I think it's the um, overall summary that's the presentation gets of them. Yeah, yeah. Like um, a lot of health studies tend to do that. There's quite a common misconception that you're meant to drink eight glasses of water a day. That's actually not true. Mm. A glass is a bit of a vague yeah <laughs> amount anyway. And it turns out all the most of those studies were funded by. Uh, things like Gatorade and Powerade that want you to feel, oh yes, this is the best drink for hydration. Mm. You need to feel feel absolutely maximum hydration. Yeah, and it's just like, well, drink when you're thirsty. That's usually a good measure, unless you've got a medical problem. So back to Europe. Yeah, but <laughs> I think a lot of people I just don't want to leave. <laughs> n n yeah. Like, and I don't see why. I mean, if if somebody asked a, a leave voter the question, 
Would you vote in favour of forcibly removing 49 out of 50, uh, 49 out of 100 of your friends from an organisation which benefits them and they will lose a lot of rights? I don't think that's the exact percentage of the UK. That's It's about, yeah. around about that. It's 48 point something, isn't it? I will check. I think uh, it was 51 point something, the... Uh, the actual end result was for oh right for leaving. I've thought you meant immigrants to the country. Oh no, sorry, we've moved on to immigrants, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? The half of the UK is. Well, I don't see what the problem with immigrants is. I don't, I yeah, don't, it. There's a basic objection there that I don't get. Yeah, I just tend to think that multiculturalism is better for society because you get loads of different the best people in the world surely you want them in your country i I mean i I would like to understand it but to me it seems to fall into the same camp of as like you know if if somebody new moves into a small village and and all the locals are like you're not from around here you know it's like i I just i i (laughs) you chose a west country accent there very appropriately (laughs) (laughs) what do you I, I'm not going to try and do different accents. I was going to say, which accent would you like me to do? But, hey, oh, you're not from round here. <laughs> I think York actually voted Remain. Yeah. Should probably check that. Actually, the North was surprisingly, uh, for how usually left they are, they were more for the Leave camp. So Surely getting as much of a mix of different kinds of people as possible is a benefit. And Surely. I don't see the logic logic in in a in an opposing argument to that. York voted um, Remain. This is, I assume, some local uh, news website for York, the York Mix. And I think the other thing as well is that a lot of the people who who voted to leave see themselves as more British, whereas a lot of the remain the Remainers see themselves as more European. You know, a lot of yeah. them with the age statistics, these people were born Europeans. I think uh, you're asking them to basically to leave their country. <laughs> Britain is an island. They feel, oh yeah, we're separate from the mainland, so we're like they, we could be in the middle of the Atlantic for all they care because we're actually diplomatically closer to the US for some reason. Yeah, we have that special relationship thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we do. And that's we, a really we weird. Do, thing. We do look after some of their missiles. It's like, <laughs> if you. Look at the actual history of it. They used to be a colony and they revolted against us, yet we seem to be having really strong diplomatic ties to them. It's like a really nasty breakup where one of them's like sort of, but I just want to be your friend. (laughs) It's like, can can we still be friends? And I'll just like hang around you. Yeah. I'll, I'll stop reading your text messages. Well, I'm not sure America did, but. What? Stop reading our text No, messages. I think I was talking about Britain yeah. being in control of America at that time. Yeah. Anyway, on to Europe. <laughs> we keep diverging. Well, it's, I suppose it's relevant, yeah. our relationship with different countries. Um, There's um quite an interesting thing, especially straight after the actual vote came out, about how, because Scotland voted overwhelmingly for Remain. I think it was 67%. Mm. And a lot of people were thinking, well, 
the reason that there was a uh, referendum in 2014 whether Scotland should be independent. That, uh, I think it was 55 to 45, went to staying, which is why Scotland's not its own thing anymore. But at the time, the argument uh, was used by the opposers. Um, yeah, w- well, we need to stay in the EU. If we leave, we're not going to get into the EU because um, at the moment, Catalonia is wanting to gain independence from Spain and Spain would be part of the approval for Scotland's entry into the EU. Mm. And if Scotland went independent and then they had to go... Uh, Scotland's going to be in the EU, then they're going to, then Catalonia is going to be like, uh, hang on, why is that independent country allowed to do this and you're not letting us have independence? That's a little hypocritical. Yeah. That was terribly explained, but. There's a lot of uh, political precedents that are kind of potentially happening, aren't there? Yeah. Northern Ireland. That's a. <laughs> fucking mess now. I mean, they just got things sorted out, and then. Well, I think actually at the moment the Northern Irish Assembly is in a bit of a mess as well. Yeah, but is it any surprise? There's not any particular party that's. I mean, I think the DUP has got more seats, but very narrowly, so they're not really doing much in that sense. Apart from going and cozying up to the Tories at Westminster. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a weird situation. It's sort of like, you didn't get a majority and you're not in a coalition. How are you going to govern? Well, we're just going to have a sort of, uh, we do stuff for Northern Ireland and then... Y- Is it all right if I bring my friend along? <laughs> they basically gave them £1 billion pounds, uh, for 10 seats. Mm. <laughs> um, Hang on a minute. Is that not like buying YouTube subscribers? Uh, but you- no. Yeah, it's buying votes. It's well, not all that money went to towards the DEP's things. It went towards just gen general things in Northern Ireland. But yeah, which the DEP it was sort of, kind of unofficially. Oh yeah, this is a bribe. Yeah. <laughs> so but... the cost for per seat is a hundred million pounds. Then you know sixty five billion pounds, and you can have a whole parliament. <laughs> so. One vote in Parliament costs a hundred million pounds. Yeah, to us taxpayers, not one vote, one seat, one seat. <laughs> if it was one you, vote, you, well, all right then, much. one seat that that you can rely on to vote for you, not <laughs> if two votes, or to vote with you on on issues that mm-hmm. you kind of negotiate with them about. <laughs> it's, mm. it's bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, like, I feel like we've kind of but been stitched up here. <laughs> gonna be worrying. If there is a no-deal situation, because that could mean that suddenly a hard border comes into effect in Ireland, which would really fuck things up. Mm. Like, uh, I'm not sure how much aware the rest of the world are about this, because like in the 80s, there was a bunch of... and 90s, uh, there was a bunch of terrorism in Ireland that I had no idea existed until... It relatively recently because it's it wasn't been, just in Northern Ireland it yeah. was a regular thing in London because it's the been, IRA bombed it was because of the Ireland situation yes then. yeah and but it was a part of life it was sort of every day, just much. kept quiet for me at least I didn't it was it, it that that I was very aware of at the time but it was just normal 
You know, yeah. it was normal to see a, a a bomb going off in London on the news. Or... And then it's bizarre to see now that uh, quite a lot of people just think, well, only Muslims uh, do terrorism. And then you look just a couple of decades ago and there's terrorism happening between Christians. It's yeah, bizarre. pretty much every country does terrorism oh, and every group does and, terrorism and in some form or other. Is that why there was... Uh, well, there has been, I mean, it's stereotypes, but, you know, sometimes with the stereotypes about particular countries, there's some racism under it. If Is that why there's, a, well, a sort of joking, but uh, there's an uncomfortable place about with that? About the Irish. Yeah, about the Irish. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just When I was a lot younger... It, it, no, I don't, I, when I was a kid, it, it, it felt very amicable, like, you know, just kind of a, um, but see, I, I, looking back, wouldn't really relate that to the Northern Ireland Irish. I tend to think of the whole kind of leprechauns kind of, um, you know, well, Irish challenged intelligence thing as, as being more the Southern Irish, but it doesn't really, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. It's not, no, it's, it's just, probably not based in fact either. But. No, no. It's just an amicable kind of insult trading. I mean, you know, like yeah. sort of treating English people as all like sort of posh upper class twits, you know, it's similar to that. It's just like, there's no, there's no offense meant by it. Mm-hmm. Or by most people. All Scots says, Kilt-wearing freedom fighters. Haggis-eating caber-tossers. I don't even know what a caber-tosser is, but... I mean, do you know what... You don't know what tossing the caber is? No. Oh, my God! Tossing the caber. You... you Oh, you, you've got to... You've got to look up some tossing the caber videos. Some point, at some point. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll find some and I'll put a link up. I'm scared. <laughs> it happens at the Highland Games around here all the time. Yeah, but I don't... You have to be really strong. Basically, oh, is it like um... you're basically throwing a telegraph pole? Okay, <laughs> but basically kilted blokes balancing literally a, a pole of wood like a telegraph pole in their hands, balancing it and moving around, and then throwing it as to see how far they can throw it. <laughs> it's fucking mental. <laughs> Did not know this existed. Yeah, tossing the caber. Back on to Brexit. <laughs> I feel like that's just going to be the catchphrase of this. We digress. <laughs> the economy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's going to be a mess after this. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as one people of were the, thinking, but it's already got worse, and it hasn't recovered to the point that it was before all this happened. One of the main campaign points for the Leave campaign was that we send. Uh, I think it's about three hundred fifty million pounds uh, every week to the EU. Yeah, they but forgot I, to mention that we get a great, yeah, huge chunk of that back. <laughs> loads of subsidies for agriculture and research, but you know, it's, that's not good advertising. <laughs> and that's all kind of old news, isn't it? I mean, I think most people. I mean, there was know quite a bit that it was fear mongering on both, both sides, sides of the yeah. campaign, oh, but it annoys me to. Because that sort of anti-elitist uh, sentiment is an anti-sense sentiment. Because what annoys they don't me? actually follow the advice of people that know what they're talking about. Uh, what annoys me is that is that we have no choice yeah. now. Um, we have no control over it. 
really we're now just doing it's, it's like you're in a room a full bit of, of a moan about you, it but yeah. that's not going to change it you're in a room full of a hundred people who are trying to decide trying to decide something really important that's going to affect all of their lives and I'm in that group of 49 that I just kind of get shat on <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird situation where such a narrow majority makes such a big difference especially when it was done on one day yeah like this one day will change history pretty much yeah but um, hey ho that's that is history i mean you know single events do change things and and it right hasn't now, happened yet it might not happen what it hasn't happened yet brexit it might not happen i think it will yeah, i find I it unlikely well. that there'll be a second referendum and they've already hit article 50s They've already enacted Article 50 and said... Yeah, but until it goes through, it can always be reversed. Which it, I think... Uh, it'll it look go fucking through. stupid. Whatever happens, the uh, country by the has time been this, damaged already. By the time this goes out, uh, it's been about a year since Article 50 was triggered, uh, which means that next year... And still they haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> next year, unless something else has happened and finally the numerous campaigns to have a second referendum have gotten through uh will be leaving the EU. and things like you know people people who are kind of oh we're going to get our blue passports back yay it's like what the fuck what yeah that really <laughs> throws me i'm like is that did you know that there's is that no an argument eu law against blue passports I don't know what. There's nothing that, about that. Is it not? The EU's it's, flag is I really blue. Don't Why would care. you want a blue passport? I really because don't care EU what colour my blue. passport is. I don't I care, care about, about what it does. Yeah. <laughs> Which will change as well. Yeah. Oh my god, this is. Fuck us up. But I don't think. Uh, there was. It was interesting because pretty much after the vote, I think uh, you were going, well, I can't change anything about it, so I'm just going to. Ignore it for a bit. <laughs> not ignore it, but not be so uh, sort of. This is going to be. I saw people getting about. getting quite angry with each other about it, and it's yeah. like I just oh, just get on with your life and coexist with people. And That's the whole point. You know? I thought, hang on, the pound is now worth much less. I think it's getting slightly back on its feet. Seriously, we we went to Tenerife, didn't we? Not, yeah. Not long after that. And it and cost that holiday, a significant amount more. Yeah, that holiday cost us about three or four hundred pounds more than it would have done a few months earlier. Yeah. Because of that. So all you leaders, you owe me you. fucking money. <laughs> are, you, are you just going to go around to people's houses and go, did you vote oh, leave? Fuck. And give me a pound if you did. No, Who's going to take responsibility for an important decision like whether or not we're going to leave the EU? Oh, hang on, it was us. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's, it's a, a weird situation because it's sort paying of the price. Yeah, it's democracy, but then again, it's not though. That's not what democracy has become. It's not a a one day vote. Any other issue? Is. Yeah, but any other issue that's even vaguely nearly as important well, as that it's for that like, small majority would not. Just be allowed to go straight through. It would need extra checks like, and balances. More it would people, have to go back and forth yeah, but between the houses. It's and, all like, oh well, the majority of people voted for this, but it's still a terrible idea. And the only reason yeah, but it, that's that's not how you decide the future of a country. That's how you decide where you're going to go for tea or, or what film you want to see think, at the cinema. 
The reason that this happened was that a lot of the Tories voters were getting siphoned off to UKIP. And so that put pressure on David Cameron to uh, hold the a referendum. Tories are fucking dicks. I mean, they, it, it is largely their fault that they, they even... There, there should have been a definition before, before it all took place of how much of a percentage it would need to be. I don't think anybody would have yeah. been would have been against saying oh it's got to be 55 45 at least or even 60 40 at least because it's such a momentous decision. Hmm. I I don't think that would have been unreasonable at all and I don't think well, even think, leavers would have been against that but I I think they might be because it's the active side that they're on which means that they have to win a bigger victory. Yeah, but like if we were on the the winning the, the the active side, and you know, I would be happy to accept that if it was fifty one forty nine the other way, that it was clearly a very close, undecided thing. But I would certainly not think that it was justification to actually impose my will on the rest of the population. You know, it's like it's, some things, some changes are more important than others, and in a political system. Something like this is probably the, was, one of the most important decisions. Uh, there was a referendum in France with the slimmest majority a while back. That I think I I can't remember what it was on, so I can't actually look this up. Uh, basically, the result was in favour of whatever it was. I, I think it was about sixty to forty, mm. and they still didn't do it because yeah. they were like, "Well, that's not a big enough majority for this big change." We shall see. Anyway. I think one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realise prompted it was um, the EU was, at the time, calling for a joint army, which a lot of people that are like, well, Britain's Britain didn't really like, who wanted to... I don't... That's that's another argument I don't get. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't... Because if you took an in-depth look at the... European Parliament, there's a bit of indirectness to it that people don't like. But then if you take an even deeper look, then you realise that, hang on, it's pretty much just every country sends representatives that are somewhat proportional to their population, Mm. and then they vote on things. And you vote for the people that you send to European Parliament, so it's still democratic. It's just... Uh, it just frustrates me. That so thing much. you were saying about the military thing—that's that's almost like the antithesis of of what Europe was about. You know, it's like it's not long ago that the entirety of the population of Europe jointly won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we want to leave that organization. I actually thought something because um, in America, uh, Donald Trump was talking about introducing a point system. Uh, for immigration to the US uh, and having prizes like that, like the Nobel Peace Prize was one of the things that could get you more points. Do I get to keep my Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah. Once we leave Europe, I did do think, I have to give it back? Hang on. Would that, if we wanted to emigrate to America, does that mean that we automatically get points if that was enacted because <laughs> Europe won a Nobel Peace Prize? Well, the European Union. The citizens of the European Union. Yeah. Anyway, we've rambled on for quite some time. Oh, right. Okay. We should probably wrap (laughs) this up then. This might be a bit of a longer one then, but I think we've talked about pretty much everything that 
Yeah, we've had a whinge and a moan. Yeah. And upset some people probably, but, you know. Us Ramoners, as you'd probably call us. Checks and balances and all that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've been Firebolt. And I've been the Orbiter. And this has been Breaking Bollocks. Brexit. One out and out and out. Thanks for listening. We'd really appreciate if you support us on various things, obviously subscribing on YouTube, Twitch, following us on Twitter or Facebook. We have a Discord server that you can join and talk to us and other people, and a website where you can check out blog posts. And obviously this isn't free for us to run, so if you'd like to support us financially, we have a Patreon page where you can donate monthly and get subscriber rewards. We also have a Stream Elements tipping page where you can make one-off donations. The links are all in the description. Farewell. See you next time. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.